episode 147 that's right 147 of the q a podcast my name is anthony and sitting right across from me via zoom as always is my pal de quincy hey man how you doing good man tired but i'm good oh uh, yeah i know that feeling uh let me get to Ben's real quick you can find our podcast on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, amazon Podcasts, and spotify plus anywhere else podcasts getting away for exactly free 99 now let's get on with the show Oh yeah, yeah. It's a long week. Uh, you know, thankfully the weekend is here, but it's been busy. A lot yeah. going on. Yes, I didn't think we told you about it on the last uh, episode, but you've been involved in some jury duty. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to really talk about it too much because we've had some interesting cases. But uh, yeah, I've had jury duty for a couple of weeks, and it's uh, it's a. It's, uh, very time-consuming. It's the best way I can put it. You know, I've never had jury duty. Really? Yeah, really. They've requested me three times, I think. The first time I was in uh, in school, so I was able to use that as, as an excuse. The second mm-hmm. time was like right after my mom had her injury and she was recovering, so I got to use that as an excuse. And then the third time, they sent, they just sent the uh, summons to my mom's address instead of mine and so by the time i went over to her house and got and got it it was like six weeks overdue oh god maybe you should cut that part out (laughs) but if there's gonna be a summons uh for jury duty in my inbox like tomorrow (laughs) right i remember the first time i got summoned they were talking to everybody and they were just like asking each potential juror a question. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was young, man. I was like 19 or something like that. So I wore like a shirt and tie and, you know, very professional, like had no way, had no knowledge of how the world works. Mm-hmm. So, uh, bright eyed and bushy tail. That's, that's more likely, more like it. So I'm sitting there and, and I'm watching these attorneys ask each person a question about the case to kind of get some insight as to whether they would be, you know, good for the jury, the jury, for the jury. And, and at this uh, time you were thinking, what can I say to get, to get them to send me home? <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh, let's, I'm just thinking like, let's just make this, you know, let's just get this over with. So mm-hmm. the, the attorney comes up to me, I'm, I'm next in line and he looks at my name and he goes, Anthony, he goes, you, you look like a smart young man. And, and I froze. I absolutely froze because I don't think anybody's ever called me that <laughs> at that time. And I was like, and he he goes, uh, so in this case, like, how do you, you know, how do you, you know, whatever the case, I don't remember what it was, but he was just like, you know, what are your thoughts on, on the situation and blah, blah. And I, I basically just went, just like nothing. I froze, completely nothing. froze. And I said something like, oh, well, don't think this is a good situation or whatever it was it was a very dumb 
answer, but it was the right answer because I was out 10 minutes later <laughs> walking down Main Street going to get some lunch. Walked out, jumped up, clicked your heels like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. So uh, it's worked a couple of times. Mm. Didn't work this time. <laughs> no, it but, didn't. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, at least you got that sweet uh, $40 check. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so before we get to our main topic, let's uh, talk about what you did this week, which is uh, so- something I'm 100% jealous of. You went to a live Chappelle show. Yeah. So again, this is why it's been a long week, man. It's been some long nights. And uh, um. Tuesday, yeah, I went to go see Dave Chappelle at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in town for another three three night stay, and um, I remember like a couple of weeks ago, a buddy of mine sent me a message on Facebook, and he was like, "Hey, look, he, they had announced he was coming to town." And I was like, "Oh, cool." And then uh, another, I just kind of just let it go because we, you know, I didn't know if he wanted to get try and get tickets or not. He just kind of sent it to me. So I'm like, okay, well, are we going or not? And I just never heard anything about it. So I was like, that's fine. So then a, last week, um, my buddy or our buddy, Robert, we used to play softball with. Um, he, uh, he sent me a text. I was, um, I, was, I was away from my computer and uh, he said, um, hey, you know, tickets go on sale in a little bit. You want to go? And I was like, uh, if you can get tickets, yeah. I mean, I, I'm down. I, I'm away from my computer at the moment, so I, I can't, like, I won't be able to, like, try and get tickets. Because at that point, I was like, it's impossible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, who can get tickets these days? Like, the, the, these lines get slammed. These queues get slammed when, the, you know, bots and everybody. It's not just the bots. It's everybody. Oh, I know. I tried to get anything on the sneakers app, and it's always a big <laughs> failure. So, yeah, I know all about bots. Well, that lady's son was manipulating, wasn't it? The girl, the lady from Nike, her son was. Look, I tried to get those uh, baby blue Jordans after that story came out, and I still struck out. <laughs> so it doesn't matter to me. They, the bots were still in force. It don't matter who was who was making them. But Maybe she has more kids. Yeah. But um, yeah, so like an hour later, uh, Robert texted me. He was like, I got him. And I was like, holy cow, like I you know, I honestly did not expect him to get them. Mm-hmm. You know, even even with like the opportunity to, for three different days, I figured all three days the lines would be slammed. You know, there's no way he's going to get in. And sure enough, he got in. And so um, he was like, send me, you know, Venmo me the money and <laughs> we're, you're good to go. So, uh, so Tuesday, we went to, we met up downtown to the House of Blues uh, mm-hmm. with our other buddy, John. Uh, and our other buddy Kamau, and uh, got in line at around six fifteen, and it took us a, an entire hour just to get in because because um, the doors the doors open at six thirty, but what happens is, and this is part of the reason why I went, um, they do rapid uh, rapid COVID tests for everybody that's going to the show. So if you test positive, you're gone. Your night's mm-hmm. over with. You'll get your money back. You and your whole party. So oh. it's like, yeah. 
So, so no, it's no, they're taking any risk at all. Taking no chances. Right, now, again, smart. you know, we've seen that rapid tests, there's a, there's a margin of error that, you know, um, that isn't always favorable, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the fact that everybody, you know, I, I was okay with the fact that everybody that got in obviously tested and tested negative. Um, you know, I, we talked about it last time I've, I've already had it. So it's like, I feel like hopefully the antibodies are still there. Um, even though my, my case wasn't severe at all, mm-hmm. uh, I figured hopefully I have some antibodies to kind of keep me going. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated as well. So, you know, again, I felt a little comfortable. Um, but man, that line, that weight, it's, it's insane waiting and waiting and waiting and, you know, moving an inch here and there. And then finally, like these nurses are coming around and they're passing out, you know, release forms and you, know, you got to sign sign everything away. And, and then finally they get to you and jam that thing up your nose. And it's been three months since I had my last COVID test. So I forgot what it's like. How uncomfortable that thing is. How uncomfortable it is. And two, I forgot to practice the night before. I usually do that before I would do that for all my other COVID tests. I would get a Q-tip and just hike it up there, man. Oh, you I, just to, just so I could, you know, be like, okay, this is what you're going to go through for real. You're pre-gaming the COVID test? Every, every time. <laughs> oh, that's news to me. And, but I forgot to this time. So, you know, they finally got to me, pulled my mask down. And again, everybody in line, they, you know, ask everybody in line to keep their masks on and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it came up to me and pulled that mask down and they jammed it up there, you know, each nostril. And uh, I closed my eyes and they say, no, they were gone. And, uh, you know, so again, it took about an hour. You know, you, they, call, they start calling people's names uh, to get to move up into the line to, you know, go through the metal detector and, you know, check purses and bags and, and all that stuff. And so once you pass that, once you jump that hurdle, uh, you move up further into the line, they scan your ticket in. And once you get your ticket scanned in, you go to, to another table where they have what you what they call yonder boxes, yonder cases. But what this is, this is part of the reason why um, I like Chappelle, like this is, I think it's pretty cool. I, don't, I didn't, I didn't mind it so much, and evidently nobody else did. Mm-hmm. But for every Chappelle show, um, he, you, you have to put your phone in a, uh, a yonder case. It's magnetic. It's magnetically sealed. Um, there, it's the best way to prevent people recording, you know, filming and taking pictures during the show, and just you know being annoying, you know, being on your phone during a, a comedy show. Yeah. So you got to put it, you know, you carry the case with you. And, you know, if you have to get up and, you know, like, God forbid, there's an emergency, you know, you have to go and get it unlocked, but outside, you know, Oh, away from I the thought show. it was something like they have the case outside the show and you just leave your phone there. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's not an old school coat check by any means. Oh, and okay. That I would, if that was the case, I would just leave my phone at home because I don't, I, I trust people with my coat more than I do my, my phone. <laughs> I can, I can physically be away from my coat for, you know, a few hours, but I don't know about the phone. Um, so yeah, they, and they also give you, they gave us, they gave everybody a, a mask 
like a you know a Chappelle show mask or Dave Chappelle logo mask or whatever, uh, and they write your your seat information now because most people have their tickets on their phone. So, like they really thought of everything. Like write your ticket number down, so that way when you get to your you know inside, like the you know whoever's there, ushers or whatever, can kind of point you in that direction. So, you know, again, we got in line around six fifteen. We didn't get inside until about 7.20, almost 7.30. Uh, probably around 7.30 is when I got to my seat because we all stood in line to get a couple of drinks at the bar. And uh, we were off to the races, man. It was, it was cool. There was a, a DJ playing, uh, DJ Trauma was playing music throughout the, you know, uh, you know, at the beginning while everybody's getting to their seats and getting in the building. So while the DJ was playing, were you just sitting there looking at him like this bum? I know I'm better than him. So he's playing my set. <laughs> like, I was going to play that song. I was going to play that song. Um, and uh, yeah, it was cool, man. It was, it was a lot of fun, man. It was a uh, Dave Chappelle and friends. So uh, there were three, co- four comics before him, which was awesome. Like, and these are like some big names too. So Donald Rawlings opened up, of course. Um, and that guy is funny i mean that guy is just one of the funniest guys ever and uh so he comes on and does a you know about 10 minutes or so and and um he kind of serves as the mc throughout the night as well mm-hmm. so then he brings on uh michelle wolf who i was actually surprised to see i, I forgot she'd been doing shows with him in austin uh, so it made sense that that she came to town she and uh she was funny it was good I think you know I her? remember her from the White House Correspondence Center. Yes. She made that joke about Sarah Huckabee Sanders and everyone got offended even though she was making fun of some of the worst people in the world. Right. Right. That's her. She's right. got a very high-pitched voice. Mm-hmm. Um, funny. The voice, you know, it is what it is. But uh, still, the material was good. It's good enough to um, to, over- <laughs> to overhear the voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then uh, Donnell brought on uh, Moa Mayer. He is apparently from Houston, uh, the A-Leaf area. And I think they said he was on he was on a Hulu show. Um, What's his name again? Moa Mayer. Okay, there he is. Yeah. He's a Palestinian-American stand-up. And uh, he was on that show Rami, which is on Hulu, which looked pretty funny. And uh, man, this guy was hilarious. <laughs> man, he's from Houston, right? So yeah, he comes on and he just starts. He just he's uh, he goes into a quick. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I'm not downplaying. I'm not trivializing it, but he does go into a, a, a quick Deshaun Watson. Uh, routine basically yeah basically just saying like how you know how uncomfortable it is to kind of you know to talk about it you know it's it's a but he made it you know he made it work and um then you know he finished off with his set and then uh so donnell came back on go ahead I know we spoke about uh, the whole Watson situation. I can't remember if I said it on air or mm-hmm. off, or I was like, I don't have the um, 
the ability to talk about this as it was. We need to wait a little bit longer. And since I said that, it's only gotten worse for him. Yeah. When we first talked about it, there were only five cases. Yeah. And, that, and then the next thing you know, then, and next thing you know, there's 14 lawsuits going. Yeah, like 22 um, alleged victims, and like at this point, I'm like, well, look, it's the Bill Cosby thing all over again. It's like I don't know what your number is that you and of, of uh, accusations that make you believe that it's, it's true, but let me tell you, double digits. Once we hit that, it's blown by my number. Okay, I'm right. I'm like, okay, well, he is. Yeah. This man is guilty, guilty. I, 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 that's, I was talking about that with Robert. We were, we were in line, and I said, just 14 lawsuits going. Like, this, like, like, I'm not saying it to, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to start a witch hunt, but I'm like, that means there has to be one of those cases has to be true, right? Like, like that's it's almost impossible for it for all of them to be like false at this point. Like if there's that many cases, I mean he's a quarter of I mean he's a quarter of the way like he's running like a quarter of the Cosby numbers. Look, there I think I can't remember if it was the FBI or CIA, one of those agencies, they did the report a study and report and said and basically like ninety-seven percent of uh, sexual assault rape cases are a hundred percent true. Mm. So <laughs> for me, for me, I'm like, okay, let's say that that's complete. Let's say that's completely wrong, and let's up the odds to where only ninety percent are true. And then let's say that's wrong, and let's flip. Let's say only ten percent are true. Ten percent of twenty women is still two women. Right. Still too many women that you alleged to have sexually assaulted. Man. Like even if you think the numbers are complete bullshit, even though they're not, but if you believe that, we're at the point where there's too many women for all of them to be lying. Right. It's like you know, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane that this number keeps going up. And it makes sense. Once one woman comes out and, t- and she tells her story, then every woman who sees that she, it can be it's more comfortable telling her story. Right. Absolutely. Like all you need is the first one to come out, and then all of the come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Right. That's what happened. Right. I don't know what's going to happen to him because it seems like all the cases I believe right now are not criminal. They're um, oh, what's that civil? Civil. Thank you. Yeah. So. And basically, the only reason you do that is because the um, the burden of proof is lower. <laughs> because this is basically everything is a she said, he said. There's no video evidence of all this stuff. Only thing you can hope for is um, if you're one of the accusers is you know you present your text messages, and you know people believe you. But we've seen. <sighs> Twitter is a terrible place for this kind of conversation. Yes. And because the first thing I see, you're like, but why don't they go to the police? Why don't they say something? And then like not even a week later, a story comes out of a woman who went to the police five times to tell, to warn them about her ex-boyfriend being abusive. They did nothing and he ended up killing her. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, this is a a nightmare scenario for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a nightmare for those women who finally step forward and like. Mm-hmm. Th- There's no happy ending. That's all I can say. But yeah. And like my fandom as a semi-retired Texan fan means nothing compared to those women getting the justice they deserve. And like I'll say right now, I don't care who's listening. I really think he did. He may not did everything, but he definitely did some things. And the dumbest thing I've seen is people talking about how the Texans set him up and are paying these women to lie. And I'll just say, because if you've seen the Houston Texans organization in the last two years, what the hell makes you think that they are capable of a long con conspiracy? Right. And two, if any of that, if that was true and the Texans were paying these women off and that ever came out, do you know what kind of hell that would bring down on not just the McNair family, but also the NFL as a whole? Yeah, it, it would it would be crippling. Mm-hmm. They would have to sell the team. They would be social pariahs for the rest of their lives. And Deshaun Watson would be the owner, if that was true. Yeah. Just... No. All saying that, do I believe the team set this up? No. If it came out that the team knew about these eggs, these allegations and you know shuffled things to the side and made them disappear would i believe that yes because that's that's the, that's something that happens for powerful people at every job mm-hmm. i believe that over the texans setting this entire thing in motion yeah no that's that's more that's more plausible because uh, it happens all the time mm-hmm. We see that in jobs that people don't make million dollars a year. If you're super valuable to the company, you do something, they'll find a way to hide it. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, I just had. I just felt no like sidebar. It. No, it's an, it's an important topic. Mm. I'm sorry, but uh, back to the show. Uh, so who we had? We had Mo Amer, mm-hmm. and then uh, so Donnell came back on and brought on. Uh, Earthquake. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen Earthquake. He's still remember Earthquake. He is. All right. That guy was hilarious. I forgot. I've seen him. I've seen some of his stuff on YouTube in the past. I forgot how funny that guy was. Oh, man. He had everybody dying the whole time. And then, um, uh, after that, you know, it was your headliner, it was Dave Chappelle, and he came on. And man, he was that guy is just probably the best comic going. I mean, it's hard to argue right now at this point. I mean, the guy is just funny, dude. And it, it like it's hard to say without like saying bits and stuff because mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you don't have to say anything. I, I, yeah. I understand. I, when you said that about him being the funniest guy, I was actually trying to think of who comes close to him, and I can't. Like Kevin Hart, he's entertaining. He's 
good, mm-hmm. but I don't think his comedy reaches the same level as Chappelle's. Yeah. I mean, he sells a lot of tickets, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a pre there's definitely, you know, a, he could sell out a whole football stadium. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely the, the like the the way that we we rank these comedians it's it's not all just about tickets you know I mean obviously that's a huge thing you know Sebastian Maniscalco sells major tickets uh, and that's a guy you've probably never heard of um, and we Kevin really Hart. shouldn't do that when it comes to comedians because you look back like 10 12 years ago Dane Cook was selling mm-hmm you know, selling now uh, MSG and the same thing with um, uh, what's the name, Carlos Mencia, and no one in the comedy world would call them like heavyweights of the game. In fact, they would accuse both of them of stealing jokes. Right. I mean, they were heavyweights of that era, but mm-hmm. that's about it. That was um, hard ever. <laughs> but um, you know, Chappelle is just. I mean, it's um, there's there's poignance to his to his bits. There's plenty of humor, obviously, um, and it's not like it reminds me of um, uh, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not preachy without being, you know, like obviously, you know, there is like the main the body of his of his comedy is has always been kind of the the conflict he's had with with white people mm-hmm. and them crackers <laughs> and a lot of comics i think take that you know they can they can take that kind of idea or that kind of premise and kind of beat you over the head with it and mm-hmm. kind of you know overdo it this like he finds a good way to make it funny to make it sound important and poignant, but not sound preachy either at the same time. Like, and that's like, that's what can turn off a lot of people that could turn off a white person. But like, it like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it's like, like he can talk about serious issues, make them funny. And again, not, not put them in a way to um, not not put in a I'm sorry are you talking about alienate like his white audience I I, I think so I think he, he has a great way of, of not alienating that audience um, and obviously you know you, you most comics are like you know who cares you know mm-hmm. and he's in a position where he doesn't have to care about that but he still finds a way to to make it good and he did that on Tuesday. It was, it could have been an hour he was on stage. I don't know. It, that, was the th- that was the thing. Once, once the show was over, you go outside and they, they unlock your, your, your case. And you look at the phone, it's like almost 1030. And it, man, like, it's weird. It's like time. You just lose track of time. If you're not wearing a watch, I was one of the few people not wearing a watch. So it's like, it could have been 1030 or 1230 for all I knew. Like, it was a, uh, it was fun, man. It was a fun night. And, and another thing, it was kind of weird sitting next to a stranger, like right next to a stranger in a, 
like in a room. Because I had the, like there were four of us in our group and I had the fourth seat in, in the row. So it's like, I'm on the end of our group. And so right onto my right is a total stranger. It's like, man, I haven't done this in over a year at this point. Yeah, it was a little, oh, go ahead. a little, a little jarring at first. And then you kind of, kind of remember, oh, wait, you know, you've taken all the precautions and hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah. It's just, you see that and you're like, wow, I can't believe we used to do this all the time, every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I, every day I trusted my health to other human beings. Yeah. But uh, man, it was still a fun night. It was it was a fun night. Um, it felt like a almost like a whole normal night, mm-hmm. uh, and that's good. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad I did it. Like I, you know, there's only certain acts, whether it's a comedian or a band or you know a play, whatever. Like there's only certain acts where it's like hey, you probably should do everything you can to see it at least once and. I was like, okay, I, I saw him once and I'm good. Like, yeah, kick off the bucket list. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, I'm glad you have fun. Hopefully, I'll be able to see him next time he stops in Houston. Absolutely. It's definitely worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if if I could sum it all up, it's 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 worth the. Uh, it's definitely worth all the, the process of getting into the building. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, moving on, let's talk about what we're our the main event, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, yes. aka Cap's two friends that definitely need therapy. <laughs> right. So, how? What do you think of the first episode? I love the beginning because it was, uh, you know, it was a a, a typical action shoot 'em up you know, big bang start to the show, which is, you know, I feel like that's why so many people, so many people loved WandaVision was because it was different from that. It wasn't like a, the average action show or comic book show or whatever. Like it, they did its own thing. And, and to their credit, like I, you know, it wasn't for me, but like I respect it and I understand why, you know, people found it refreshing but I'm an old school meat and potatoes kind of guy. <laughs> Shoot him up. Bad guy fighting the good guy. Explosions and all that stuff. I just hear your dad just cheering in the background as you say. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I loved the uh, uh, I, I loved the, the beginning. Um, the middle, that's when it really turned into a TV show. And it's like these are two characters that it's like, you have to find a way to uh, draw this out into a TV show because the Falcon and the Winter Soldier both had their moments in all of the movies because it's a two hour movie. Um, and there's all these other characters you have to get through. Well, not only that, but every movie that they're in, they're not the main character. Right. Right. And now these two guys are the main characters and, uh, so you have to put some backstory into it and kind of put that old school, that old, you know, television formula. 
And so that kind of got a little, it drew out a little bit, you know, I mean, they're both trying to, you know, like you said, they both need therapy, obviously. And they're both trying to, uh, to lead normal lives again. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's hard. And they're both having different struggles. Um, but by the end of it, I was like, okay, like I'm this, it's, it's still a good show. Like I'm not, uh, I wasn't disappointed. I really liked, like as a whole, I liked the entire episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me personally, the entire thing, I, I love the entire episode, of course. I don't think Marvel has done anything to disappoint me since Thor 2. Mm-hmm. That's, that's 10 years ago, you know? Um, man, that first action scene where Sam uh, drops off, drops out of the Air Force and he's going to uh, rescue the, uh, the Air Force captain, um, that looked movie quality. It was insane. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, apparently it's been six months since the blip. Apparently in those six months, Sam has been doing some CrossFit. Yeah. Got into some shape. Yeah. The moves he was pulling off with those wings. That was something I don't think uh, uh, Rogers could pull off in his wildest dreams. Yeah. It was fluid. The stop go motion just like he's a real problem even though he doesn't have the super soldier serum like uh captain america did he with those wings and the training that he's had he's a damn he's damn near a super soldier himself mm -hmm. and so we saw that in the first and the first uh um, action scene good to see uh george st pierre back in the mcu yeah surviving right yep surviving. Uh, i hope like um we see him again in the show. I would like for him to come back. Mm -hmm. I hope this wasn't just one 10 minute clip of him fighting. I want to see him in the next five episodes. I mean, you know, he, he clearly escaped the, that, that first battle scene like he did um, at the beginning of uh, Captain America, the winter soldier. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it looks like we'll get more of him and, and that's cool. Like that's a good role for him. Uh, that's a cool character. It's, it's you know, He's one of those uh, villains that, that just seems like he's going to be there for a while, and you never know when when he's going to when he's going to strike. Yeah. And also, want to note that uh, Sam's um, on the ground buddy, Lieutenant uh, Joaquin Torres. Yes. In the comic books, when Sam takes the mantle of Captain America, Joaquin Torres takes over the mantle of Falcon. Okay, that's cool. Hopefully he, uh, hopefully he tones it down though. Oh, he was too much for you. A little bit, a little oh, bit. Oh, you know, you guys, you know, Falcon and Black Panther and T'Challa and uh, uh, Rhodey Rhodes. Like all these guys were cool. Like they were, you know, they've been cool characters. This guy's jumping on the hood of his Humvee when he sees the explosion. I'm like, come on, man! Like, no, man, I, I, I reject. You can't that. make the. You see a well, goddamn superhero who helps save not only the world but the entire universe do what he does best. You goddamn right, he's gonna, he's gonna flip out. 
Yeah, but could they make the Latino guy be like, all right, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But he's like jumping up and down like a like a kid, and you know, hopefully he tones it down and you know gets to kick some ass. No, I, I gotta look out for my people too, my friend. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, he's part of a team that saved the entire universe, man. I can't. Like I don't. I have no problem with him being excited at that moment. You get to see like. So a superhero do what he does best like if superman saves like like caught a plane and dropped it down you wouldn't be like a little overly excited you, you think you'd be like yeah man that's cool right on dog well no i mean i wouldn't do that <laughs> but i just gotta give that stoic head not like Okay, you're too cool for school right now, man. I don't I guess like it. so. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it, man. Don't like it. But uh, yeah, about- I mean, uh, go ahead. But hopefully, you know. But seriously, like, you know, it'll be cool to see, you know, what they do with this with this guy. Like, if he takes on a more prominent role, you know, if he if he continues on. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about Sam giving up the shield? I want to get your thoughts first before I start. Uh. Like, I understand, you know, it would have been cool, I guess, and it might have been, you know, to his benefit to have, you know, an indestructible object when you are not indestructible. I don't know. Those wings look like they can take a couple of bullets. That's true. That's true. Um, But the way, you know, what they did with it was like, oh, wow, like um, shocking, to say the least, at the end. For me, because I didn't expect it. I don't know if you were expecting that to happen. Um, but, you know, it, but again, you know, for like the dramatic aspect of it, like it was a powerful scene, you know, and it, um, you know, giving it up like that, um, you really got to see some good acting from good acting from Anthony Mackie, mm-hmm. you know, giving that speech and, and struggling with it. You know, it's not something he wants to do, but it's like he knows it, it, it or he feels like it's not um, it's not his to, to hold on to. Yeah. Um, where am I going to start? Uh, going back to you said you said about him starting off as Captain America. Um, I I'll, I just think it's better this way where he gives up this shield because it shows more of the hero's journey. Right. So how he actually how he's worthy of being captain of being captain america and for me watching sam hold that shield he feels like not only he he feels like not only should he not be captain america but no one should be captain america right it's like if jordan retired we wouldn't just call pippin jordan right it's like jordan's gone jordan's gone and Pippin is Pippin, and that's how Sam sees it. It's like my my partner retired. He stepped down. He gave me his shield, but I don't feel like I'm worthy. I don't feel like anyone's worthy to be Captain America again. So mm-hmm. we should just hang it up. Yeah, absolutely. And like and he said in his speech, we need heroes for the time that we're in right now. And it's a good way to you know carve his own path. Yeah, and set his own legacy. Yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm sure he feels like he's stealing from his friend, mm-hmm. even though he gave he gave his blessing and gave him the shield. It's still 
to Sam, Captain America is always Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers is always Captain America. There, mm-hmm. you can't distinguish the two. Real quick, can you explain to me how he got old at the end of uh, Endgame? Endgame? So he went back in time and put everything back where it's supposed to be the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. the uh, um, Molnir, and just stayed in time and like one of the time periods and just stayed there married to and got married to Peggy. Now, so he would have, so that that's but, interesting because like with the Super Soldier Serum, so he would have aged anyways. Yes. Okay. Because remember, they're in they're ahead of us. What year? They're in like year 2022, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was born in what 1920 or something. So he's 104, 105 years old. The super soldier serum, he only looks he doesn't look like you know, like a hundred and something. He looks like he's about 70 or something, 70, 75. Right. So it only just slows the aging it process. It slows down the aging process. But it doesn't make him immortal. Exactly. It's not, okay. he's not Wolverine. Right, right, right. Okay. That's right. I was like, I was kind of, I kind of forgot like that's. Because in does. the story, in, I'm, I'm, I'm literally watching the first episode right now. Bucky says he's a hundred and what, Four. 104 years old. Yeah, which would mean Cap is about the same age. Mm-hmm. So, and speaking oh, of Bucky, you know, mm-hmm. I uh, it's going to be interesting. It's interesting to see, you know, what he's going through. Like he's clearly trying to make amends for his his actions as the Winter Soldier. Um, and uh, man, it's a rough one though with that with that dad. Yeah, so we see the flashback of one of his missions where he kills um, some dignitary and just by happenstance he has to kill an innocent bystander who happened to see him. Flash forward to the future, we see he's become friendly with that kid's father. And his father, you know, has a, a scene in a, in a diner where he's like, my son died the police can never tell me what happened. It was just a wrong place, wrong time type of thing. And honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't even put it together until we saw the shrine later in his apartment. Yeah. And so it's things like that. It's like, how do you make amends for something like that? Because the mm-hmm. second you, that you tell him what happened, first off, he's not going to believe you because that happened like back in the 80s and you're still a spry 30 something year old man mm-hmm. and secondly even if he does you know accept what you're telling him he's never going to forgive you you right. came to him and befriended him under false pretenses yeah see that's that's the thing did he was it did he become friends with him by chance or no something no, he, no. he's he, he, he seeked him tr- out he seek him. He's trying to make amends for everything he's done. That's why mm-hmm. the first time we see him after we see in therapy in the therapist's office, he's explaining what he did to that one congresswoman. Yeah, where he basically leaked information to get her arrested, but he also you know, hijacked her car, right, and terrorized her. And so he's trying to seek amends for everything he's he's done. So he knows these people. He has his notebook full of names that he's trying to write. But how do you write something that you made so wrong? 
And even mm-hmm. though none of this is his fault, he remembers all of it. Like what he has the the gentleman's name circled in his book, and he's tormented because there's no way that he can fix it, and he knows that. Yeah. Like sometimes you can want to make amends as bad as you, you want you want to use your hands to shake the heavens to make amends, but there's no way you can do it. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. So I don't. If he can't fix it, is there is there a path to redemption? And I think that's the story that we're going to see over the next five episodes. But one thing we talk about the show, our main characters never meet. That's right. In fact, they're never in the same city because I believe Bucky's isn't Bucky in New York the entire time. He's still in New York, and oh, New uh, York. And Falcon is in uh, Louisiana. He was he went from overseas to Washington D.C. and then to Louisiana. So mm-hmm. they're never in the same city. So that'll be cool to see, like how they link up again and. interested to see that i really i like the show man and uh, the ending again was crazy like oh i'm not there so right now i'm at the part where in switzerland where torres is meeting up with everybody for the flag smashers mm-hmm. so we see the flag smashers they break into the bank um obviously there's one member who has superhuman abilities he literally like randy orton punts a cop into a building yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Torres tries to arrest him. I don't know what the jurisdiction, I don't have jurisdiction here, but you're under arrest. And it's like, why are you so close to him, sir? Guns work at a range. <laughs> like, that's the, I'm sorry, I see this all the time in TV, movies, and even video games. Like, someone has a gun and they decide they need to get two millimeters away from their target. And it's like you're just asking to get fucked up, and that's exactly what happens to Torres. He gets fucked yep. up and literally gets stomped out in the middle of Switzerland. And boy, you see what I'm talking about? Boy, that was <laughs> that was violent. Yeah, I thought he was dead. I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's still breathing. The man just just kicked his head through the goddamn concrete. <laughs> I don't know how jurisdiction works here as he continues to walk forward on the dude. Why? You just saw that guy kick a police officer like 10 meters. Why are you running up on him, sir? Stay a good distance away. Being an American cop, you just stand a good distance away and shoot 12 times. (laughs) Right. So that was our introduction, introduction, sorry, to the Flag Smashers. Uh, I, what do you think about them as a group? Um, I don't know much about them. They, as long as they have that one guy, like they seem, they're gonna be pretty formidable. Formidable. Like, I think so, too. I'm not 100% sure they're the main bad guys here. Well, if they're following the TV formula, they're usually not. Like, it's usually 
I mean, we know who the real bad guys are at the end of the episode. We'll get there in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, we're I'm right now we're at the scene where um both Sam and his sister in the bank trying to get a loan. And oh, yeah. yeah. That was rough. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you had no income for the last five years. It's like I was dead. Like half the planet was. Like not half of mankind, but the planet. You're right. So they're trying to get one of the loans of small business loan, essentially. Yeah, small business loan. And that would be possible if Sam because Sam is a government contractor, he's working for the Air Force. But like even when you even in normal this normal world that we live in, you have to have at least two years of income to, you know, apply to uh, qualify for this loan. Sam has maybe six months. And that's yeah. just working under the assumption that he started as soon as he came back. Mm-hmm. Which which we know didn't happen because like the rest of the Avengers, the other, you know, Caps Avengers, he had to get pardoned. Which leads me to my other thing. I've seen this on Twitter and Facebook talk about, oh, why Sam broke? Sam ain't got no money. How come Tony Stark didn't help him out? What's going on with that? And I'm like, do you not realize that after uh, Civil War, he was a fugitive for two years. Did people forget this? <laughs> Between Civil War and um, Infinity Civil, yeah, Civil War and Infinity War, he was on the run. He was a fugitive. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what happens when you're a fugitive, an international fugitive? They freeze your assets. <laughs> so for two years, like he said in the bank, he was surviving through the help of other people because he didn't have no money. Nat may have. No, wasn't Nat on Tony's side during the war? Yes, uh, because yes. she betrayed because she was shooting up T'Challa. So you know, Captain America wasn't asking them to steal any money from banks. So they were basically just surviving through the help of other people. Then after that happens, Infinity War hits, and he's dead for five years. <laughs> when he comes back. He, there's like a 30 minute fight and then Tony Stark dies. <laughs> so there's no, I, so when people are like, why well, didn't Tony leave me anything? Tony is a shitty uh, superhero. He didn't leave me anything in the will. When? He had no idea there was any chance of them coming back. We, when we see Tony after the five years later, the only thing he cares about is his family. And if he did write a will, they weren't on good terms when, when that will's written. Exactly. I'm sorry. That just like, Tony Stark didn't give no money. He had the Avengers out here working for Chuck E. Cheese coins. <laughs> I bro, it was like seven years. He was not getting any money at all. Five of those he were dead, but still. I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring up that point because I've been seeing those okay. flying, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta correct this. Falcon was broke because he wanted to be the pure hero because he was following his boy. And sometimes following your boy means following your boy away from the money. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so let's get to the end. So after Torres calls um, Sam, tells him about the Flag Smashers, Sam's sister comes in. Who, you know what? I need to find her name. I'm tired of calling her Sam's sister. What's her real name? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah comes in, she turns on the TV, and there's a press conference going on. The same white dude who told Sam it was a great idea for him to give the shield is on Capitol Staffs talking about on behalf of the Department of Defense and our commander chief is a great honor that we announced that the United States has a new hero, a new Captain America. And out comes the most blockheaded motherfucker you've ever seen. That <laughs> boy belonged in Minecraft. He has such a punchable face, and all I can say is, God damn, Marvel, your casting is on point. <laughs> right, exactly. And I was shocked. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and, that, and he has the nerve to wink. I forgot about that. <laughs> Just... Yep, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. So we see uh, the new Captain America, John Walker, Captain Blockhead himself, MAGA Cap. And you can just see the pain on Sam's face as he realizes his government tricked him. It's not that they didn't want a new Captain America. They just didn't want him to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So yeah, man. Um, stories begin to pick up. We haven't seen we haven't seen Sharon Carter. We haven't seen Zemo, and our two title characters haven't met yet. So there's a lot a lot left to happen, which which I'm looking forward to. I'm still I'm I'm in. Oh yeah, I was in so, since um, beginning. So I wonder how much people actually know about the end battle with Thanos. Because if you freeze flame when Sam and um, uh, what's his name? Rhodey are inside the Cap Memorial. There's a there's a there's a monument that says after the death of his friend Tony Stark, Steve Rogers uh, laid down the shield and, and decided to rest. And I'm wondering if do people know that he's old man Steve? Yeah, or maybe he just, you know, went quietly away somewhere. No, no, no. I, I'm wondering, do people think he's still young? That's what I'm asking. Oh, okay. I wonder how much people ask because people know that uh, that Nat is dead, but do they know how he she died? Like, do these people do? How should I put? It? Oh, sorry. We see in the um in the show we see in trailers that people are upset about superheroes about what's happened ever since you know they've started popping up after Iron Man. Like mm-hmm. all the things that have happened are because of superheroes. Even though tangent, none of that's true. Thanos was coming whether the Avengers were there or not. But people don't see that way. They see half of the planet got blipped and these superheroes weren't here to protect us. Or it's all their fault. You know, irrational things people think when they're in pain. 
So do these do does the general public know how much the Avengers gave up to not only bring them back but to protect them from Thanos' second wave? I don't know. That's a good question. Because I feel like with the new Captain America, we're going to get a lot of basically things that we see in real life where it's more of a us versus them when it comes to America versus other countries. Uh, especially if you listen to the speech that the uh, congressman gives where you know, we need a Captain America for America and like like basically his jurisdiction ends at the border. Mm-hmm. And I definitely see can see like the government being like that, like Captain America protects America. Meanwhile, both Sam and Bucky be like, no, Captain America protects the people. And that's all people. Cause remember, we don't have an Avengers team right now. Mm-hmm. There are no Avengers currently. Captain Marvel is off planet. Uh, let's see. Nat's dead. Hawkeye is busy training this younger Hawkeye. Wanda is God knows where. White Vision is gone. Uh, who else? Thor is with the Guardians and they're off planet. Hulk, we're going to see him in the She-Hulk episode, but he doesn't seem like he's in fighting. He's in the fighting um, what's what? Not spirit, but like in the has any fighting ability ever since his uh, arm got messed up with right. the snap. So Ant-Man's in San Francisco, probably, presumably. Yeah, so you got Ant-Man, Sam, uh, Bucky, and who else? And whatever, uh, like, in MCU, you know, T'Challa is in Wakanda. but of- The new Captain America. <laughs> Old blockheads coming to save the day. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they put a new eventually they're gonna have to put a new team together mm-hmm. because they're gonna be forces that one person cannot contain. Hello, Kang. So it's we're at the phase one all over again. Individuals that will eventually come together to form a new Avengers team. Yeah, and I don't mind that. Like, mm-hmm. I like, you know, the build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love, and these shows are so good because we get to see more of the character. I'm always like, can y'all do this for everybody? <laughs> and can we start spreading? Like, I already told you I would pay to see a uh, a series with uh, what's it, Jimmy Woo and Darcy just going around solving mysteries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so with WandaVision, we got this, and then we got Loki coming up, and then uh, I think also Hawkeye and uh, what was the other one? She-Hulk, Miss- you said? Huh? She-Hulk? I think She-Hulk is next year. 
I'm gonna look at this. I'm gonna look this up, aren't I? Yes, I am. Because <laughs> I am a fool. Yeah, after this is Loki, the What If series, Miss Marvel, and uh, Hawkeye. That's all this year. Bless you. Oh, so you also saw they officially uh, announced who's Moon Knight, right? Oh, I, I, I saw it. I don't remember who they said though. Uh, Oscar Isaac. That's right. Yeah, he's already doing training, and it looks good. He's a good actor. Mm, yeah. Remember when we were growing up, and comic book movies was like the place you went to go if your career was dying. Yeah. And I was like, you just like. Oh, everybody wants in now. Yeah, speaking of which, you saw who uh, DC hired to be Dr. Fate in the uh, Black Adam movie? No. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Nice. Anything he's in is good, man. He's I I said before and I'll say it again. The problem with DC movies is never the casting. Their casting is always on point. Mm -hmm. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, on point. Problem is everything Aquaman on point. So it's that director. Yeah. Speaking of that director, Mr. Zack Snyder, do you have anything you want to say about Justice League? No, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so. I'm I'm not gonna see it. Um, I'm glad that he got his vision out. Um, everything I've seen says that it's fair. It's better. It much better than. The uh, Joss Whedon produced one, and uh, the only problem is the runtime is four hours. There's, uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of slow motion in it, which is like, that's what you get in a Zack Snyder film. You could get slow motion, <laughs> muted color, and some kind of allegory to Jesus. Those three things are in all of his movies. <laughs> but I'm. Like if you if you watch the movie and you liked it, then hats off to you. Uh I'm like I said, I'm happy that he got his vision out. Um it, it's it sucks that he didn't get to finish it his first time. Even like even though I wasn't a fan, from what I've seen, it looks like he took those criticisms that people had and made a a better movie. It's better than mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman. That's what I've heard. heard. I've heard Mostly good things, mm-hmm. but like I said, four four hours, man. No thanks. Yeah. All right, man. So, anything else you want to talk about? That's all I've got, man. Yeah. Uh, Looking no forward th- to episode two. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like doing any theories on this one, like we were doing Wandavision. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Yeah, because uh, I think only one of our theories was correct, and that was Agatha was... Um, oh, Agnes was Agatha. That's the only one mm-hmm. we got right. Everything else was just <laughs> swinging off on this base. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of off base and swinging and missing, uh, we got to talk baseball. Because the season starts next Wednesday, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. well, the season is here. I'm, I'm glad. I'm... I'm... Excited. I'm always looking. I love baseball, man. 
Damn, bro. We spent enough time in Minute Maid Park to say that. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, I'm going to put out this episode. I'm going to release it tonight. And then let's do, uh, we'll do episode two this weekend and then do baseball either like Monday or Tuesday. Sounds good. So, we can just have that out because uh, I really just want to get that all out. I want to get the baseball one out before the season starts. I really wanted to get episode one before episode two to drop. But you know what I realized? <laughs> if people, they rock with us, like, they'll wait whenever to listen to us. Oh, yeah. And, you know, judging by the downloads, people rock with us. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Always, man. That's, it's greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right, so let's get out of here. I'm going to edit this, throw it up, and um, we'll get ready for episode two Friday. So, Anthony, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll do it again this weekend. Can't wait. Yeah. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later, babies.